welcome to another hey. edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. God, it's, it's, I, you didn't say hello, so I wouldn't I know, sure. I didn't. I, well, I but thought, yeah. I really did think that maybe by not saying hello, it would throw off this continually vexing tradition of trying to interrupt it. Is it vexing? What, it, what, it is might, vexing. what that what must that be like to be continually annoyed by somebody you work with? Mm. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I, uh, yeah, you, that that is <laughs> that is Chris Williams. You've also got Catherine Bino talking. Uh, we're all at Above the Law and we're all here on this here podcast to do a quick roundup of some of the big stories of the week over at Above the Law, which is a website you should be reading if you aren't already. But, you know, if you just like to hear the dulcet tones of my voice, then maybe you're here. Maybe you have deeper problems than whatever we're about to That's talk enough. about. Uh, yeah, so we're here, but as always, we like to begin by having a little uh, conversation about, you know, non-legal things, if necessary, like a little mm. uh, small talk almost. <laughs> I like that one. Like, hey, I'm, I'm now going to just switch back and forth between the two mm. sound effects. Yeah, Absolute but, power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Chris, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, I've just been vibing. I recently had it pointed out to me that it was a little weird that the Supreme Court um, made it harder for people to get, you know, civic uh, justice when there's like a Miranda rights violation right before they released a whole bunch of opinions that will likely lead to protesting this summer. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's like interestingly timed. I just finished an article where I'm basically claiming that the uh, the six Christians of the United States, I mean, the Supreme Court, are a sitting uh, religious coup that took over and um, that the the January 6th thing was a distraction that everybody's falling for. And I'm wondering how that'll go over. Yeah, I, I'm wondering how this is small talk since that's literally the topic. We're talk about. <laughs> Listen, it just happens to be the topic, but also I'm like, Oh shit! What the fuck is happening yeah. with the United States? Right, right, right. So this is so this is just me talking as a as a citizen, you know. No, oh, yeah, okay. Um, what about you, Joe? Any small talk? I didn't really have much in the way of small talk. Uh, <laughs> Look at you! <laughs> I really thought that there was going to be other people talking about small talk, but whatever. You know, you are in fact part of the podcast, right? Like, I, there's yeah, I know, I understand that. I just, I, I mean, that's what makes interrupting you so great. You're a I mean, part I, of it. There are no small talk topics with me. I'm I'm all big topic all the time. Oh, you know? so I had to like wow. everything. Yeah, I, I wow. Had, you you literally called huh? Chris out for that. Well, I mean, mm. exact right. Thing. Yeah, yeah. This, no, typical yes. typical liberal. Yeah, I've uh, been busy cooking. Recently. There we go. That's See? a small talk that topic. Is, that yeah. is in fact small talk. What'd you make? Uh, I broke out the. Uh, What's that called? Slow cooker. Mm, um, love it, a slow cooker. Yeah, it was in fact the crock pot brand, but you know. Uh, yeah, broke that out, which, you know, I feel like it, people think about the crock pot in terms of like winter and like big homey kind of like cold weather, you know, stick to your bones kind of food. But it's also really great in the summer. I just threw a bunch of meat in there and uh, a bunch of chicken and was able to make some tacos. And nice. so it was like a nice, easy, uh, nice, easy meal. And then I just took it out, you know, grilled up some tacos through some cheese and, and you know, accoutrement. Cool. on the top and uh it was a lot easier than having to uh worry about it when it was, i was actually starving <laughs> yeah well that's awesome uh so i think that now that we've got all that done let's uh transition out of this and into the beginnings of the topic that chris has previewed for us 
which is to say uh, the Supreme Court, which we talked about a lot last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're going to ta- continue. We're still going to talk about it because uh, they are continuing to ruin the Constitution. More happened. So. Well, well, it is over now. Uh, hey, the, they're the, not the, ruining it. They're discovering what was there the whole time. Aren't right. we so fortunate that these six justices have insight into the Constitution that literal hundreds of years have been unable to reveal? Look, they held a seance with George Mason, and now <laughs> they understand what's really going on. Uh, what yes. you don't understand is George Mason in his third diary to his... <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. No, no I mean, that that is a joke-ish, but that is literally how some yeah. of these decisions read. So, yeah, so, so carrying on from last time, uh, a few things have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the Oklahoma decision. This is the decision that decided that Native American... You know, reservations which enjoy sovereignty uh, is part of a uh, you know a, a nuanced relationship with the federal government that they don't have that anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. The Supreme Court decided that instead the state of Oklahoma can intervene and just impose its will on what quote unquote Indian country is what it's legally called. I uh, think that this is obviously a pretty terrible decision, but what the most fascinating part about this entire thing to me is Neil Gorsuch's dissent, um, his jurisprudence on um, Indian issues is very um, nuanced. It tends to track a lot more with what we think of as the liberal justices on the court. So he his dissent really gets upset about overturning the precedent that and the historical relationship that Indian country has. Oh, precedents! He he's really all ups- of a sudden he's really upset all that somebody a overturned a bunch of precedents. It's That's almost so- like you know the hundred and ten years of precedent in the Bruin case. Does it that that didn't matter? But I mean, now well, now now it matters. Ro- Doesn't Ro- matter. Ro- Ro- was, yeah, yeah, fifty fifty. No, that okay. So it is interesting that he understands the concept of precedent. He just doesn't care when the policy result that he desires is involved. Yeah, he, he, and he's he's very angry uh, yes. in this dissent. I mean, is, I am too, but it's the... The, it's, the, I, the oh my, I'm hoisted by my own petard uh, yeah. moment. You yeah, can't, and, it's, a, it's a good sign you can't give him at least the... Forgive them for they know not what they do defense. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, it's, it's just, I think that Chris is 100% right. It yeah. really, I think, reveals how cynical he he is as an actor. And I think that if there's ever any sort of people out there that are like, well, you know, they're just doing, they're just reading the cases or the original intent and blah, they're just doing. No, that is not true. That is a hundred percent not true. If you actually read the words that are written, all of them, it's very, very clear. Yeah, it's it's a bad it's a bad move. Uh, what's going on in Oklahoma is really rough. The uh, Republican state government is trying to bully around the tribes that, that occupy a lot mm-hmm. of the eastern part of the state, uh, eastern or west. I think eastern part of the state. I'm I'm not from Oklahoma. Don't worry, this is not yeah. a geography Fair podcast. Uh, yeah, so I just, I just want somebody to make a meme that's like. Reducing women to incubators is one thing, but native sovereignty is where I draw the line. Oh, yeah, the the, the community me? me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the correct answer is I don't know why you haven't done that yet, but we, we, we'll do that as soon as we're done. <laughs> well, to be fair, I did just think about it. This is what yeah, happens okay. when, you know, great minds and Joe there get we together go. to think. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. 
so the, following up on that, we also got the EPA decision. This is the decision where the Supreme Court decided that having clean air was uh, more, optional. More, yeah, m- more of a more of a hint than uh, than a rule. In particular, what they argued was that the initiatives of the of the EPA to say you know to do stuff to reduce emissions exceeded their authority and that actually Congress has to pass laws over and over and over again to do every little thing. Uh, This is obviously not what the system is set up to be. Congress instead actually had said, hey, we don't want to do all that. Here are the broad parameters and we want the executive branch and scientists in the EPA to do it. Yeah, literal experts to do it. The Supreme Court determined that Congress that that in defense of the uh, of Congress's honor, Congress doesn't get to make that decision for itself. Uh, so so in some ways, there, it's a theme of the whole uh, of the whole term. Uh, you don't get to have to in your defense, you don't get to make a decision for yourself. And they take they they forced these laws back off the books and these regulations and are going to make the Congress have to pass it all. Which of course it won't happen because. Congress is dysfunctional and has other things going on and isn't really have doesn't really have that expertise. So well, they have that, they have poems to read or something. Uh, they, yeah, it, yes, it gets in the way of their poem time. So that that opinion came out. Uh, it is, you know, it, obviously with all the other stuff going on, it kind of was below the radar somewhat. But it is actually really, really crippling to the government's oper- You know, Although- power to. I think that you're right, but I was a little bit surprised that the Supreme Court did not take the opportunity to overturn Chevron. That is fair. So Chevron is the is the rule that allows Congress to delegate its power basically to executive agencies. And there was an opportunity here for the Supreme Court to directly overrule it the same way they did directly overruled Roe. But instead, they went more with the option that a lot of us thought was how Roe was going to play out, mm-hmm. where they allow the president to stand and just, uh, you know, water it down to the point of... Sure, which is obviously devastating for the EPA, but for the rest of the sort of administrative state, they get at least a temporary reprieve. I think temporary reprieve is exactly the right terminology here. Yeah, well, you know, temporary means that we have a potential to, you know, pack the court or do a strip, you know, authority from the Supreme Court, jurisdiction from them. We're not going to do any of it, but at least there's a moment where we could... Yeah. So let, well, actually, at this point, let's now transition to the story that Chris previewed a little bit in the small talk period, which is uh, after after the session and after the term ended. Don't worry, the hits kept on coming. They granted cert to a to Moore versus Harper, which is a case that is set up to advance the independent state legislature doctrine uh, for those who aren't familiar with that. The argument... Because it's dumb. It, it is... In, 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 if, you, if you're listening, you're like, I don't know what that is. Don't worry. You shouldn't because it's dumb. It requires a very tortured reading of a pretty straightforward text. Uh, the, the Constitution suggests that the election of federal officials is the... And setting those rules is the job of state legislatures, basically. You know, the state legislature gets to decide, like, oh, we have... You know, this is how what our process is. Now, 
most people, and then it also says that the federal government can override that. Uh, now, most people would read this, especially in the context of the Constitution, where the word legislature is used a lot to mean legislative power. Basically, in our system of checks and balances, the like a led quote unquote capital L legislature passes a law, and then the governor signs it, and yada yada, and the courts interpret it, and all that. This theory is that by using the word legislature there, what the Constitution really intended was that the state legislature can pass a rule about how the election happens and the governor can't have any check or balance over that. And moreover, the state courts can't and federal courts can't review what that law says. So it's only the legislature acting completely on their own, which, of course, in most of the country is dominated. The state legislatures are dominated by Republicans for a lot of reasons uh, between gerrymandering and so on. And, you know, just state senates being yeah. set up as they and, are. And also because the way our system works, there have been a lot less attention paid to things like state and local elections by the Democratic machine. Right. Meaning like the Democrats, not you know, democracy. Right. And the truly terrifying part about them taking the Moore case is that at least four of the justices have come out either or written stuff in support of this theory. The sort of swing vote question mark is uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who hasn't said anything one way or the other on the doctrine. The doctrine has also got a ton of play recently because that was the theory that Ginny Thomas advanced to a bunch of Arizona state politicians advocating that they should ignore the fact that people in Arizona voted for Joe Biden and instead bring a completely false set of electors that would cast their vote for uh, Donald Trump. So the mechanism that they tried to coup with, that's what's about to be legal. Right. Potentially. Yeah. So it's uh, it's. Yeah. It's rough. That word potentially is not necessary. Yeah, the, the 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 taken to its extreme. If this theory gets enshrined, you have like like you said about Jenny, uh, you would have the opportunity for Republican legislatures to just name other slates of electors that weren't the ones elected. You would have them being able to having unilateral power to rewrite the maps in ways that are violative of all sorts of rights. Uh, normally, we have the Voting Rights Act to protect us there. Uh, they've already gutted that, so that's not going to be an issue. So, yeah, uh, this is... Us, uh, Joe, you'll be fine. <laughs> well, that that's... Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's the Homer line? I'm a white male between 18 and 45. Everyone listens to what I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that yeah, that's fair. Anyway, so there's that. So the uh, I guess we'll close our conversation about the Supreme Court and the uh, the hell the is the only good worse. Yeah, well, the only good bit that came out of it, which is uh, Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson was sworn in. Uh, now justice. And now justice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's that's true. Now now now, now justice Jackson. Yeah. Yes. yes, that that is that is really nice. I hope she gets used to writing dissents because that is the only role she will have. Yeah. And also, I know that uh, Justice Jackson already picked uh, her clerks for this term. But, you know, next next time uh, hit my line. Uh, it writes yeah. for rent. You know, you, you, you know, you know, there's actual an application process. Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, won't do it's that. It's not just like but, you like, just don't like <laughs> you just don't like, oh, randomly think of names of law students. And, yeah. Oh, so I guess they so, could do that with like elections, but not, you know, <laughs> you know, court. Anyway, whatever. Next topic.
Calidus AI cleverly supports you by suggesting relevant law to address your complex issues. Put in simple questions or longer fact patterns, then Calidus asks you to confirm if points are salient before proceeding. Use Calidus to check if you found all the key concepts, cases, and statutes. Calidus turns that into a high-quality, customer-ready document. Handle complexity confidently with Legal's most advanced AI platform. Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at CalidusAI.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-D-U-S-A-I.com. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network. Available wherever podcasts are found. Now we're back. Let's uh, let's change gears wildly as far <laughs> as the, uh, not to diminish any case in the world, but uh, to something that's a little less, uh, you know, the government collapsing. Uh, I just want to. I just want to make it be known. You missed. Uh, you missed the chance to make a, a really obvious Smith reference. You could have said oscillate wildly, but whatever. I, I don't even get what that is. It's the, in this the song is like. Dun, 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 dun. It's it's trust me. It's, it exists. Learn your learn your Smith show. I thought you were you know I thought you were the demographic. Hmm. Anyway, so Britney Spears, uh, the she's free, but it's not that case is not over yet. Uh, I know. Uh, so Britney Spears, uh, obviously, we already have freed her from her conservatorship. Uh, there, there are still some legal issues to tie up. In particular, she's going after some improper transfers that her that she alleges her dad made while he was running the conservatorship things that were with a conflict of interest he took money and used it for personal expenses she alleges uh, that he was paying managers you know for stuff that he shouldn't have uh, that's the case uh, because that's the case that Brittany is pursuing they want to depose the father uh, he has Jamie been, yes right he has been ducking uh, that deposition so far and has been coming back with through his team with the uh, Wilkie Farr uh, has been coming back with document requests of Brittany and now is asking for a deposition of Brittany. Uh, it is unclear to me why she would have any relevant information information yeah. about, about what he did. Yeah. yeah. It, and even even to the extent that she would, it would seem like you would only get to that point if you know, you'd already gone through all of these other depositions. It, you, look, Jamie Spears gets gets deposed and says, Brittany actually told me to do this. I suppose then Brittany's testimony becomes relevant. Sure, but, sure. But but absent absent the record being at that point, I don't understand why he thinks he could ask for her deposition. And it, it's just, it's extra galling when he's not sitting for his own deposition, which is inarguably relevant to mm -hmm. these claims. Anyway, so that's going on. Still, Britney's lawyers just filed a new 
file, put in a new filing uh, complaining about this and uh, asking for this to be quashed, uh, talking about, and now the crazy bit, like in, in that filing. That's what I was going to say. I think that actually the most galling, to use your yeah. term, uh, bit of information is some of what Jamie Spears is alleged to have spent money on. According the, uh, to the filing, according to the filing, and this is independent of the whole deposition thing, according to the filing after losing the conservator, after losing, he, after he, the conservatorship no longer existed. Well, you no, know, he went, uh, he was going to, I mean, I actually, I don't know about after, but I, after all of this was going on, I mm -hmm. mean, uh, and he was getting bad publicity for it. He charged tons of money to the estate to. You know, for defend P himself for a PR campaign to defend himself. Not like the, le not like the legal fees associated with defending yeah, the using her money to defend himself against, against her, her motion. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, it it's the PR aspect of it yeah. because I can see an argument that legal fees should be covered by the conservatorship, etc. But the PR campaign, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, it, it's it's really egregious. And what what gets me about it, like obviously. You know, I don't have. I, you know, I'm not involved in this litigation, so I don't necessarily know. But from from All the appearances. from the thirty thousand foot level of somebody who's been involved in litigations before, it, I I cannot for the life of me see what Jamie Spears is trying to accomplish here. Like it, this is there's no there's no scenario in which he gets the PR redemption he's looking for. No, there's very little chance that he doesn't get tagged with having spent stuff that was questionable given that the conservatorship got lifted because of allegations that things were wrong it, it suggests mm -hmm. we're already at the point where judges are are prepared to rule that mistakes were made so <laughs> the there's only a downside uh, it seems as though the only the discretion being the better part of valor i'd say get out of this as quickly as you can settle for something small and and move be on done. with your life be done yeah but yeah, By the way, if, if anybody is living in New York and wants to see an example of a father not taking advantage of their famous child's legacy, I highly recommend you check out the King Pleasure exhibit. It's an exhibit of uh, uh, Basquiat's work. It's really nice. It's really mm -hmm. nice. Well, what was the thing the other day that they now decided one of Basquiat's, uh, well, some Basquiat exhibit is actually forgeries? I was just watching that the other day. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. It was on the on the TV as they say, and I, I didn't watch. No one Buster, says that. I, no one says that. I did that. see that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that was so. That's that. That's that's a thing too. All right. Is there any more that we can do with? Uh, I mean, I, 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 yeah. My title made a, oops, Jamie Spears did it again. Reference. Are there any Two more points. Britney jokes Two we can throw in here? I, mean, I don't think we can we, hit this content one more time. Oh, uh, nice. Obviously, the leave Britney alone references fit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I think we've got every. We're so. I lucky. guess filing that. She's I'm, so lucky. I mean, I mean, trying to get her deposition seems crazy. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That, that, that let's let's stop. Because her dad is toxic. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Well, you know, did y'all make a joke what? about her? Uh, him uh, trying to seek Amy. Oh. oh. Uh -huh. If you seek Amy. Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now, I don't know. you. I don't now, think that you're like deep now, dive. Now, of, we are, now we are actually done. I don't know if your deep dive on Pretty Spears is that great, Joe. No, fair enough. Ah, do better. We're back. And to close things off, uh, this is not something that we wrote really about, but it's still interesting. Uh, the January 6th hearings, the Cassidy Hutchison testimony was 
you know, fairly sensational. I mean, I wrote a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. But I, but that's not the part that I think we're oh. focusing on. Oh, uh, the was fairly sensational. Uh, but the most interesting aspect of it was Twitter had a opportunity for a bunch of people to try and explain hearsay incorrectly. Never depend on Twitter for defining legal concepts. There's a there's an entire industry of legal case books and uh, you those are the folks you should depend on yeah who's he, people whose jobs are to define legal concepts yeah so uh, go to your manual notes yeah so, so there were several people who came out trying to claim that everything she was saying was hearsay which is inaccurate uh, obviously hearsay is not just recounting things that were said out of court it's because you can recount what you heard people say firsthand. Sure. You, you uh, just can't offer it for, quote, the truth of the matter. Right. 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 And also, this is not a court hearing, but rather Congress. So this it's not the same either. Right. But I mean, I think it was like the official like uh, GOP account that was like, this is all hearsay. And I was like, I don't. No, nope. Nope. Take take away take away your account. No, that's not that's not at all what's going on here. I mean, there was there was an incident sure. of hearsay in there, although you know properly flagged and everything, which is her account that she shared that she had been told by the deputy chief of staff mm-hmm. that Trump had tried to take the wheel of the car and turn right. it around, or whatever. That there, she's saying what she heard secondhand. And offering it as though right. that actually happened. Right. And and the truth of it is whether or not she was told that story. Right. But as properly. Right. Yeah. They, so so it is not hearsay for her to say that she was told that story. Correct. Uh, it would be hearsay if she tried if you tried to enter that to say this, this means what this happened. happened. Uh, but I mean, this is properly flagged and it seems Correct. as though they're going to try and talk to the people involved. Right. So who are. Yeah, so seemed to the Secret Service and and the deputy seem to be denying the this account. Uh, I, it's like a source that is familiar with them say right. that they d- which is not the same at all. Also, uh, yes, also not, hearsay. Not the same. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, Liz Cheney has come out and said that they are very confident in the testimony of yeah. uh, of Cassidy Hutchinson. And and yeah, I don't think that they put this out there without having other corroborating evidence. But again, more to the point, uh, this was not. There were no other sort of allegations that anything else that she testified to was was it was inaccurate. Well, and that's the other part that putting aside the hearsay aspect and making this the most the most useful, practical application of the hearsay rule for anyone who's studying for the bar exam. You could you got to watch it play out in real time for the. But putting all that aside, it did seem that this account of the most sensational aspect of it mm-hmm. started to dominate and uh, folks started taking victory laps saying, oh, well, you know, some people are denying that this part happened. It's like that. That really the wasn't part. the that really wasn't the that, biggest that's, part. That's not that's not the let the take away the magnetometers. They're not going to hurt me part. Yeah. Which which seems to be the most damning in my humble opinion. Yeah. I, I don't quite understand. I, I said this the other day that. I almost feel like there's the way in which, in particular, right-wing media has operated has been so fixated on big sensational you know, events mm-hmm. and, like, and that, that they almost consume the news such that if there isn't something 
wild and sensational, then it can't matter. Uh, that that small issues can't possibly be newsworthy because that's the only way in which you look at that whole thing and say, well, if he didn't grab the wheel, then everything seems kosher. Well, I don't know. It seemed pretty sensational to me as a listener that that the then president of the United States said, take away the magnetometers at, right. a, at an event so that we're knowingly have guns and then said they're not going to hurt me and wanting to walk to the Capitol. We know that part because she was told by Pat Cipollone, don't yeah. let don't let him do that. We will be charged with all the crimes. Right. That was something she was told. That is not hearsay. Yeah. So here's actually, I think, the most relevant, most important question from this whole affair. You ready? What percentage of evidence exams next semester will include <laughs> oblique references to the Cassidy Hutchinson testimony? I mean, it should, if it's not 98, then <laughs> something's wrong. If it's not, no, because it, it, there's at least 5% of law professors that just reuse questions. So, right. <laughs> but no, there's got to be, it's got to be on there because this is. I mean, you know, like evidence is evidence needed its moment in the sun. And here it is. We, we actually we are having a real conversation about it. And, and you know, we're we're coming to the end here. But the, that means we didn't even get into the part where George Washington law professor Jonathan Turley decided to begin ranting that the Secret Service kidnapped the president when they refused to sit. What a what a joke that man is. I, you know, <laughs> it, mental decline is a serious oh, issue. Okay. Um, oh. I, that, I, I, oh, I'm not saying that about him. I, I, that is just, I, that just is a, a non sequitur. Just a non sequitur. Just a non sequitur. It, it, it's, it's, it is serious. It is, that is non sequitur. Uh, my favorite flavor of sequitur. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it, it is getting to the point where I'm starting to wonder, though. They like it is sad. Like he's saying things that suggest he has no concept of how law. But then maybe anymore. folks should stop giving him a goddamn microphone or yes, op-eds. They absolutely should. Like you know, he, and and I think it's incredibly important to continue to shine light in all the ways that he's being a goddamn idiot until he stops getting the respect to be he, on the television. He wrote some stuff about the EPA decision that that read like he was surprised and shocked by the last eighty five years of constitutional law. <laughs> like, uh, he was like, but but what would this mean? And I was like, I, I don't know. Have you taken? Are you your familiar own? with con law? Yeah. Uh, this it's a is a real, yeah, it, it's, it's not good anyway, but yes, people need to stop giving him microphones, uh, because it's not great, but we have microphones. We do. We are not podcast. him. Well, right. And we have microphones and you can listen. use this microphone so that people can listen, listen to, to the show yeah, every and week, then they could subscribe week, yeah. and hear us use yes, these microphones. And, you know, if they gave us reviews, not just the stars, though, obviously we'll take them, but written reviews help us move up the algorithm and help other people find us as a legal podcast. Do they? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. It you is. Know, in Pretty, addition to microphones, the algorithm is nifty. In addition to microphones, we have keyboards. We do, and we utilize those on to the write. Twitters. Oh, I was saying on the blogs. Oh, we do. We do. Is we write out about the law, above which, the law, is where you which can we mentioned things. at the top of the show. But we also have key keyboards where we can write on Twitter. And phones that we can angrily tweet stuff. Yeah, so which is where I'm at. Joseph Patrice, she's at Catherine One, the numeral one, and he, Chris is at Rights for Rent. Then we also have some other. Other places where we use these microphones, like you Ooh. host the Jabot. I do. I do host the Jabot. It's oh. a yeah, it's yeah. another podcast about issues of diversity in the law. And I'm a guest on the Legal Tech Week you Journalist are. Roundtable. You are. Yeah. You, you said it. Like the- 
I mean, yeah, I, 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 I say it. Uh, yeah. So when you all, start thinking about it, <laughs> all of those, all of those things are real. So you can check all those out. Uh, Please do. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Okay. So that's it. Yeah. All right, so. we're done for another week. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Later. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.